Welcome, flower friends, to the Local Flowers Podcast, where you'll fall in love with local seasonal blooms even more by hearing the stories from flower farmers new and experienced. I'm your host, Rochelle, from Freckled Bloom Flower Farm. Welcome. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's Flower Farmer Chat. I have the privilege to introduce you to Carrie from Dollhouse Blooms. Like many of our adventures, it started during COVID. Working as a healthcare professional, Carrie found herself stuck at home with kids and managing online learning and an opportunity to grow her love of flowers. So I'm excited to introduce you to her. Apologies about the audio. It may be a little quiet, but then I may be a little loud at some point. Apologies ahead of time, but I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome back, flower friends, to the Local Flowers podcast and our flower farmer chats. I have Carrie here from Dollhouse Blooms, and she's farming flowers in southeast Massachusetts. Welcome, Carrie, to the podcast. Thanks for joining us, and I'm just so excited to hear a little bit about what it's like to farm flowers in Massachusetts. So maybe kick us off with telling us a little bit about your journey journey to flowers and talk about your business and why you called it what you did and yeah share your story so I am from the healthcare industry I am a healthcare provider physical therapist by education a mama team during COVID I'm per diem status and they weren't having per diem therapist hospitals so when everybody was homeschooled the kids were in I think fifth seventh and ninth or sixth eighth and tenth grade Um, I found myself outside a lot while they were doing online schooling and enjoying being out planting getting out into our yard. We're on a state route, a double yellow sign. We have a stoplight in front of our house. Our property's about an acre and a quarter. And over the course of 2020, I spent a lot of time moving plants and growing more plants and starting seeds, stuff that I hadn't done really before. I've always enjoyed being outside. I love being outside for whatever the reason is, but um, enjoyed making the house look nice. We live in a 110-year-old home with a true root cellar and a great place for a grow room and as 2020 fizzles on on its way out florette was really pushing she had a lot of her um, free stuff that i took advantage of in the summer and my sister who's really more the grower uh, was encouraging me to take the florette class so i took that the winter of 2021 just with the intention to learn more and as a result of her class she really tries to encourage you to start the business and i played around with ideas for the business name our house is pretty special place here in the town, the city that I live in. Uh, We had an elevator when we bought the house, a second stairwell. It's a proper New Englandish kind of home, I guess you would say. And uh, we always referred to it as a dollhouse because when we bought it, my daughter was four and we kept, we would say, what other house other than a dollhouse has that, has such things as an elevator and the back stairwell. So I toyed with the idea of dollhouse blooms or three sisters farm because I do have two sisters who um, love growing flowers and you know being part of my journey to fall in love more with the growing piece and landed on Bellhouse Blooms that was year turn 50 and as a result my husband's gift to me was a couple different things the LLC a refrigerator from Wayfair a friend of ours was working for Wayfair so we get account so I have a 45 square foot cubic foot or whatever it is a, a restaurant style size fridge and that summer was a great summer to start because we had a lot of rain here in New England and I was really excited my friends were excited I I enjoyed doing things like uh, because we're on a main street, getting people in, I do bouquets and they would come on a Tuesday or Thursday night or 
a K bar on a Friday night. I did a few times in that fall. And I guess didn't realize how blessed I was with the weather of the summer of 2021. <laughs> because in the summer of 2022, there was like no rain. We had drought conditions here in New England. My rain barrels weren't full. We were on a watering van. And I had to go through the city for the variant to become a, because it's a residential zone. We don't have right to farm here because it's a city. So there were some logistics I had to go through with that. And as a result, between that and being pulled as a mother of teens that needed driving and transportation places, last summer wasn't a super big deal. I did the farmer's market here in, t- um, in the next town over on Wednesday night. And I just listened to your podcast from this week. And yes, farmer's market is a haul. Um, if you don't have a, a burly 19-year-old boy to help you with all that stuff, or you can't park at site in the 100-degree weather, it depleted me. And people were there primarily for the food truck and maybe some specific vendors. And by the end of the season, I had some consistent customers and three or four of the folks that ran the market. I got positioned right next to them. So almost every week they took, they purchased from me, which was really nice. But between the drought and the market, I didn't have much to sell here out, out um, at the house. So that was a little bit of a, a pullback. And then come the fall of last year, I guess you know, I, I went hog wild on the C&J farm, um, tulip order. Somehow I ended up with about 6,000 tulips. And, and again, I, I'm on one acre. And I had gone last summer to Jenny Love's farm down in Philadelphia and um, had a great a neat tour there and got motivated for some of the ways she does her tulip planting. Ordered my compost, had my soil tested in the fall, like I was ready to roll. Thankfully, I think it wasn't until the tail end of our spring that I had bowl damage, I believe, some of those tulips. But I had a great, it was a great way to start the year. And going into this, this season of 2023, I was thinking of the bookends, you know, the heat and the, the seasonality of, of farming in the heat with teenagers when like my daughter is involved in a sport that is a driving distance and the time at the sport is not like soccer practice from 537. It's she she rides horses and that is an unended time for commitment. So in order to make that work, I kind of in my head wrapped around the idea that I would be more available for that without resentment of not being able to be here doing what I was doing. So along the summer, you know, I've done things like started seeds and, and um, I have dahlias, maybe a couple hundred dahlias in. After listening to your podcast today, I think I might consider overwintering some of them in the raised beds because they'd think, why not? Like like you said, what's the big loss? If, if you lose them to storage in the winter or you lose them because you saved your labor, you might, you're still win- you're winning either way. So um, I'm, I'm considering that for this fall. We are zone 6, 6A, 6B. And this spring, summer, we've had just in the month of July, over six inches of rain here in our in our area. We are I'm 10 miles probably north of Providence, 40 miles, 30 to 40 miles south of Boston. So I'm not on the coast. I'm not on the Cape. I'm in a pocket where it's, it's good weather typically all the time. Some humidity, but not like Virginia or lower down on the east coast. And as a result of that, you know, the watering hasn't been a problem. <laughs> the dahlias are big and green, and I actually am cutting a few, which is atypical for, I think, for perhaps the most of our area. So I, I, this year, my, my selling component or selling market or push spring, it was tulip, tulip, tulips. I had tulips everywhere. I have a local waffle shop, um, a restaurant in town where I do like a, on Mother's Day weekend, I drop flowers for people to pick up while they're there at the Mother's Day brunch. I have worked hard with one florist in town to reach out with her and I'm finding that really enjoyable. Like, here you go. This is what I have. And you can take what you want and what you don't take. At least I try. You know, it's, it's a little less effort and where my situation currently is with the mother role, which is probably in the last year because my daughter will have her license next summer. 
somewhere, but um, it's worked out quite well. And she's getting this, the florist there, the owner of the shop. She'll text me, even if I'm not on my game. Um, what do you have that's interesting this week? So that's exciting. Yeah. And then I did some prom stuff in the spring. I have three weekly subscriptions. It's very small, but I didn't know how I would, you know, I'm a little bit of analysis by paralysis. My confidence level, I'm getting things out there isn't super strong, but we're getting there. And then I do typically like a, a, a drop at the Y or the library. And I have a girlfriend last summer, for the last two summers has paid for that. So this summer, I'm kind of trying trying to keep that up myself because I do get some business from that. One of the, my CS, whatever I would call it, like subscription services at the dentist. Somebody from the dentist just called and asked if I would do the bridal shower. They want to have like a bouquet bar. So, and the table centers and one big um, bouquet there. So that's right up my alley. Last summer, I did a, a wedding in June and a bigger wedding in August. That can be for somebody else. That doesn't need to be for me. <laughs> I like growing. I like being outside. I like sharing. And sometimes I think, is this more of where I'm heading with the hot? Been a business, but my husband and I, when we did our taxes this year, we should probably make this more of like a lesson that drop below the line and try and pull it out. So, so that's where I'm now. Carrie, there's so much to unpack there. <laughs> I have so many questions. We'll gradually get through all my questions. But you know what? The number one thing that I love the most about kind of the story you've shared with us is that in this industry, you can try so many different ways of selling your flowers. And if you're mom, if you've got busy kids and you're working a full-time job too or a part-time job, you're trying to juggle it all, you have to be gentle with yourself and give yourself grace. And you said, I only did three shares, but that's okay. You tried something. And if you are going to fail at something, it's easier to fail lightly. I've just learned through my experience that can take the courses, we can read the books, we can listen to the podcast, but until you're in that moment, yourself and your experience, your community and all the things in your chapter, you're not going to really learn until you're there. And so I think it's great to just give everything a little bit of a try, you know, take a taste of it and see what works for you. And if you're a busy mom that has a lot going on, it's great to just kind of go slow at it. And then like you said, when your kids start driving and maybe they'll help more, then you can expand your offerings. But then too, I think the beauty of being a farmer florist is there's a lot of work that goes with this job. It's not just farming the flowers, it's doing the floristry end. So just really kind of finding a niche that works for you that you actually enjoy because going to your point about the weddings weddings are a lot and I know I said this in one of my previous podcast episodes is that you know maybe those bigger weddings I have found are not for me to the florists that have all the amazing experience of doing installations and arches that cost thousands and thousands of dollars they can have them I will take all the DIY bucket couples there is out there. I can do right. that. <laughs> so I think there's a place for all of us. And I just love your experience of biting off what you can chew and still being able to maintain a healthy work-life balance. <laughs> How do you do it all with working as well? Definitely, I'm per diem. So last summer, I had told my boss, I'll come in when it rains. And it never rained all summer. So I worked my weekends that I was scheduled to work. And she didn't see me on a weekday until September when the kids went back to school because I just couldn't do it. And at the time last summer, I had two kids that weren't driving. So one work schedule that I was helping arrange with and then my daughter with the commitment to the barn. She was fairly new, not wanting to leave her. 
So this summer, I'm able, I'm getting better with time management, one less kid to drive places, being a little bit more disciplined. And and I think I work maybe two days a week for five to seven hours, and then a weekend here or there. I don't know how people do it with full-time job. the energy. They must be much younger. I started my farm and was working full-time, and I, like, now that I'm doing this full-time, it's like, how did I do that? I look back, and I'm like, I don't remember anything. <laughs> so I was totally living on adrenaline, yeah. I think. But yes, that's so true. Let's dive deeper into farmers markets because like you said, I week on my update about doing my first and I just put the nail in the coffin of why I don't like farmers markets. It's not for everybody, but it is for some people. Um, but for me, it ju- I just feel like it's not, especially in the right. heat. And maybe talk a little bit too about what it's like to grow in Massachusetts. But I love to dive deeper into your experience with the farmers markets and some of the pros and cons that you've experienced. So my market last year was Wednesday afternoons, five to eight. We had to get there for four, set up and be ready to sell up my dandiest. I often didn't have bouquets available because like you had mentioned, I don't like to sit. I enjoyed making the bouquets while I was there. So I would bring the product in buckets on my dolly cart, dripping in sweat, smiling as best I could, you know, with like one of those bufas around my neck that I had dunked in my ice water for my flowers that I had then put under my tent. And the, the distance traveled, it seemed like miles from the car to the setup spot. So not only I was on a slope down, so I had to jack the tent up and front and then we went until late October so we needed solar lights on top by the end you know by the end of the season we still were outside and expected to stay through the duration it was challenging it was a lot of fun in some ways I unfortunately didn't find many markets where I could like shop or meet the other vendors that was a rare occasion and I did feel like people just weren't ready and maybe I took the easy way out perhaps by not going back this year and doing more education and getting further I will be doing a market again at the shoulder at the end of the season I will be doing a market in my own town at the end of September and October I applied just for the three weeks because I figured by then I'd have dahlias I'll have like fall stuff pumpkins I did some of those the little mini pumpkins with the, the mossy stuff on top and the dried flowers and found that to be enjoyable too so yeah growing for the market was challenging I would be stopping on the way and getting a five gallon bag of a five pound bag of ice to put into the buckets to keep everything cold the best I could and found I did most of my stuff I wrapped or I had old pasta, you know, clean, clean pasta jars that I sent home with people if they want. It was enjoyable. People, it was fun to talk to people. It was fun to like the kids that would come in with the mom and I would give them some Cosmo seeds. So I found it to be productive in that while I was there, what even if I wasn't selling, I was spending some time to prep for the next day or to make my bouquets that I would then deliver to those donations of the drop. And then also at that restaurant last summer, I was doing small bases for the tables, which I had offered that. They weren't really ready to take care of that. So so we decided this year, I, if he's interested, he will reach out to me and I won't go from there. And I was doing a, a big bouquet for him every week at the register. You know, not everybody wants that. And that was my idea to offer. So that was probably on me for the frustration I offered for him in the spring. I said I could do like little tiny bud vases, antique looking bud vases with dry flowers that nobody has to change the water. And then put my name attached to it. But so we're, we're, we'll wait and see if that is something that they're interested in. 
but yes, farmer's market, a different animal. This market I'll do in the fall. I can park at my spot, open up my trunk, set up my desk. And that to me is probably something that I would look to do if, you know, that would be like a um, a deal breaker or a deal maker. So because the hauling is hard. Yeah. Well, and just the mm-hmm. temperature, like what I was finding is, you know, it was super hot. So the flowers were wilting and had made bouquets for Saturday, which held up really good. But we hit the mm-hmm. 90 plus degree mark and stuff started to wilt. And, you know, I'm trying to take them out, condensing my garden bunches and sticking what was still good into what was also good and just being frustrated because I was you know throwing Mm -hmm. out flowers and I was melting and nobody was showing up so yeah it's in the heat of the summer it just is an interesting model the farmer's market and I just I'd love to continue to have these conversations with our guests just to see how they do it and because I think we all can learn from each other but yeah like you said if you are able to do kind of these more pop-up markets like a fall Mm -hmm. festival or a spring festival that makes more sense when it's cooler and you've got a targeted audience and two like you know you mentioned that you did the farmer's market on Wednesday so you know is Wednesday a good day to for folks to even want to be out and about at a farmer's market and buy flowers because I found even with my roadside stand I at the very beginning I would stock it during the week I'd sell nothing during the week because I live in the (laughs) middle of nowhere but folks were willing to drive up here on Uh the weekends and so I learned don't waste your time target when your customers actually want to shop so I always find it interesting the weekday farmers markets would you say that it being on a Wednesday was definitely a a downer as well would it have been better maybe on like a Saturday I think um, in our area that one market is separate from the Saturday market adjacent town so that's why it's the midweek I feel like at that market there were bakers a woman who makes so um, my friend that the cookie she just has cookies delicious great cookies and then the veggie farmers honey makers so those I think some people did very well and they didn't have the stress of the perishable product and the failing right in front of your face product because that is a painful experience. Had I been more in tune at those markets when I didn't sell stuff, I would have dried more. You know, I was kicking myself come November that I hadn't dried more. I think because that market is fairly new to on Mondays that perhaps it's drying not as large. The Saturday market near us is for our region. It's rated pretty high, difficult to get into. Yeah, it's moved locations over the course of the last 10 or so years. But right now where it is not very grassy or farmy, it's in a parking lot, but it allows for access maybe for people and for, you know, parking with proximal to, to where they want to shop as well. And they have a number of farms that come with ESAs and it's very established and they've worked really hard to, to make it that way. And I think the Wednesday market, they're going to work very hard to do that as well. Not to knock them, but I think for what I'm ready to give at this point in my life, that it, like you said, it was like all of Wednesday and then you get home at nine o'clock, you got to unload your car. you got to figure out, I, I haven't peed in the last six hours. I, like I am going to end up sick tomorrow if I don't get 
my act together, right? So, and I haven't had dinner because I've been so hot. Like, I have to eat. I'd come home and just do legs up the wall and then take the essentials out of the vehicle and wait till the next morning because it was just so late. My family would be very sweet. My husband would come out and help me unload what he could because a lot of the stuff was stored down behind the garage. So, like, down a decline, which then the cart would tip over. I, some, so sometimes I would just be like, forget it. I'm going to do it myself tomorrow because I don't want to hear from you or him or, you know, that it's, it's not ideal because I know this is not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> but I had locked in for the summer rate, so I felt very obligated to push through and finish the best I could. A couple times, I one time I didn't go because I didn't really have much to share, and I put that on my social page and I let the organizer know. But I, other than being out of town, I really tried to make every effort to go because I knew in the end it would be beneficial for like getting those customers and the following farmers markets, and like you said, going yeah. to the bathroom, silly stuff like that that just you know can be like, oh, why. Why am I doing this? I could be cutting flowers at Yeah, house. I could be sitting in my air conditioning. Or I could be, yeah, I could be fertilizing. Or Because when you're the one person, all of those things yep. are gnawing at you, I think, when you're doing the things yeah. that are not productive. And that's the pain I felt last summer. And I really didn't want to feel that way here. I didn't want to feel resentful or upset or frustrated with myself or my kid's hobby. And this year we have a different approach. And in the end... And we're both going to benefit. And this is where, you know, you're going to learn from that experience and learn to pivot. And like you talked about too, about the dentist office. So whenever my kids have an appointment, I'm, kids are always like, oh, she's bringing <laughs> flowers again. This is right. excellent marketing. And so, yeah, I take flowers with me wherever we go. And that is a business model that I wish I could tap more into. And I need to spend some time to, you know, get out there reach out to my local businesses but if you have a subscription with say a dentist office applying them with weekly flowers not only does it make their desk beautiful and inviting for their customers there's all kinds of science behind having a fresh bouquet on your reception desk but it also builds employee morale every time I walk in with flowers the whole team just mm -hmm. gathers around they're happy they want to hear the story they want to know what's all in the bouquet and then the customers come in and they're like oh my gosh those are so beautiful there's so much to say about having a subscription with some of your local businesses so I think it's a great business model skip the farmers right. markets where you can't go pee when you can just drop off flowers at your local chiropractors right. tell us a little bit more about some of those relationships you have and how you've worked that out so our the dentist that we see I think I brought them flowers last year once or twice and with five members in the family not on the same schedule I think last year I probably brought flowers like a bonus right and then this spring I was talking to my hygienist about whether or not they thought that the dentist would be interested and business office manager I don't even think I had to directly reach out to her I think that my hygienist Marika was like I think you need to call Karen and she really like put it to office manager to try to talk to the dentist and you know I I'm doing a $20 bouquet, whatever that ends up being. Sometimes it's more than a $20 bouquet, but sometimes it's less, right? And on the average, I feel like that's fair. If I make the bouquet and then I have to go to work and my one of my kids is off, I can say, you need to deliver this. And the two drops for the chiropractor and the dentist are a mile and a half apart and really only six miles from my house. 
So in the end, the goal for next summer is to get my primary care, who is also on that side of town, on the delivery. So then I could do three, right? Three drops, three bouquets. And I'm kind of sad, like getting into that area of town and different people that visit those spots. And the chiropractor, we've been seeing him on and off all the people in this household um, for the last few years. And he has a beautiful garden behind his, his office. And I had talked to him about it. And he, the other day, I he was going to write me a check and he wrote me for three months. So I, I share his name with lots of, I think it's that thing, right? Like you do business with somebody, you really believe in what they offer you. And I give his name to everybody. He has a massage, um, you know, massage therapist upstairs who I give her name to everybody. So I think good one hand washes the other, right? Like good people, like when you're at that market over the, over the summer or whatever, like you want to connect with people that are like-minded and share in that. So I deliver in a wrap because everybody has a base in a doctor's office, right? So I, I drop that off. And my thing I like to do is take a lot of pictures as we all do. And then I print the pictures, put it on cardstock with my stamp, how to follow me and how to care for your flowers, staple a flower food packed to it and my business card so they keep the business card at the office with the flowers which is nice and then I have a girlfriend who's very supportive and she's my other customer <laughs> the weekly subscription so um and then my at the barn where women have dispensable income um in the spring I had two friends that were on a weekly subscription with the tulips and the ranunculus because I had about 2,000 ranunculus on the ground too so that was fun and then they'll, they'll get on me like what's coming next what do you have next so come the fall my plan is to have a weekly subscription with to offer it to the people at the barn well this is where just running your kids around you find your people (laughs) yeah people women like flowers you surround yourself with enough women not just women but you know there's ways to make that work for you my neighbor is lovely I think she came to every farmer's market last year I don't know when you when you have personality not that I'm tooting my own horn but like when you connect with people and you are you reach out and you are a good human when you're doing good stuff people want to support the good human absolutely my number one question is how do you get those kids involved do they want to be involved and are they good helpers yeah, yeah so <laughs> I have um, a, ret- a returning sophomore in college a high school senior and a, and a sophomore in high school and my daughter is at an agricultural high school and her third choice for her major was flory they have a flory program which when I went on the tour I was like I want to come back can I go back to high school will you take me I, I know I'm well <laughs> I've aged out, but I'd like to come back and be part of this. But she's not as involved. Three years ago when she was 12 or 13, you know, maybe she made bouquets. I tried to bring them to farmer's markets last year. It wasn't so big. But on Mother's Day weekend, it's times with my birthday typically. They give me at least a day, sometimes two days. And my oldest was home from school before jobs started. So he was out running the rototiller, you know, picking stuff up, moving bags for me. Some of the heavier lifting. And at that time, he's like, I think we should give you two hours every Saturday. I can tell you that that was a nice thing to say and maybe maybe next summer but next summer he's probably staying in dc so my middle son promotes me like crazy on social media most of my local followers are 15 to 18 they're the kids friends which is kind of fun right and i had more prom orders than i knew what to do with which was fantastic right so i had taste and boutonnieres some of the flowers are mine some i i did um go to the wholesaler for and whatnot but so i think i'm just trying my best to ask for help and go forward. I don't even I don't even have words because it's like I don't want them to resent me. I don't want them to hate it. But then I also would really love their help. And it's 
it's just kind of biting off what you can chew and just trying to find that balance. Mm -hmm. So no, I totally get it. And this is, I've talked about this, but like spring is just prime flower time. And I love making corsages Mm -hmm. and boutonnieres for prom. And I usually miss homecoming because we have a frost by then. But like prom, just hitting that, you know, it's a great way to get your name out there, your flowers Mm -hmm. out there. And I found, you know, my kids are still pretty little, so it's hard not to have that network. So I'm so jealous. But and I was trying to like track some of my friends that have high school students, Uh see if the girls or the guys even have boutonnieres and corsages. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see a lot of them have it. So it may be a trend that's going out, which is unfortunate because I think it is so classic. But I'm just curious from your perspective as a teenage mom, what's the trend with prom corsages and boutonnieres and what kind of marketing can we do to connect with these kids? I think if you have your teen, your mom for the teen friends, if you bonus them the bouquet, you know, for everyone, like my son went alone, right? So he didn't reap the benefit. But I had people that came for senior because their son was a junior going to senior prom and then came back. So like I, I gave them a deal. Getting in with someone, a rising junior and a rising senior in your area would be helpful because they just like all he did was just say DM my mom and he shared my post and he and he was like get your bouquets order them now and don't be late I mean I couldn't have been as a tech he was just like so I, I did give him a commission <laughs> around here if you went with a date both parties had had corsage and, and boutonniere some of the moms of the boys were ordering the boutonniere and some of the moms of the girls were ordering the you know the the bouquet or whatever I don't do rich corsages I have a friend locally who's like I know my boundaries and my limits I like a little tight bunch and you or whatever and have a blast that's great advice because yep I think uh, if you can get those connections within that younger population it could generate some great opportunities for mm-hmm. you so tell us a little bit about what you've got growing currently and any challenges that you've faced this summer or any successes in growing your crops well, currently I have dahlias from all over that I've acquired because I do like to shop and obtain things so um, I have dahlias maybe a couple hundred dahlias I have zinnias balls, cosmos and Azuratum, you know, some, a lot of the standard stuff, snapdragons, and celosias. My status didn't come in very colorful, which I'm sad about. So that was how I don't know if it needed more sun or if it needed more nutrients, but I have been so excited about status because I wanted to make some of those ornaments, the, gla- the plastic ornaments with the um, status for the fall for Christmas time. Not colorful, maybe the second round will come back because I did plant it out early. You know, I had a lot of stuff out under row cover here. I had no greenhouse. I, I had plastic on my ranunculus to try on the tulips I had plastic um, tried to make like a low tunnel over my, my tulips to bring them on early but we had heat in April and then cool in like the spring here oh and I have calla lilies so bulbs I think seem to be my thing putting a lot more peonies in not like hundreds because we do have a yard that my husband wants to keep some grass so <laughs> I do my best to kind of plug and play stuff all around and then our old swing set area has about six rows we don't have a ton of ton ton of space glad Violas I'm putting in places, fuchsias, yarrows. You know, a lot of the the stuff that you hear people that go crazy about, right? The easy, the easy things to start, the ones that keep giving, and and for years will help keep giving. The calla lilies have been a, a love. I've really enjoyed those.
those and I obtained some of those from Jake's and JPJ and CJ Farm. Kind of tried to stagger them almost in my own succession and planted them in crates right out on the grass by my garden beds. And this is beautiful, all different colors, all different heights. So those have been fun and I think they'll be producing through the sun. And I'm, I'm done with sunflower pressure, a lot of bug pressure, beetles at the beginning. And I was doing so good every two weeks or so. That was my barn activity. I would bring my trays, bring my seeds, start to and I don't have any sunflower seeds left. I even, I, I was like, maybe I should be doing the, the branching sunflowers. This is where we all need the frost mist to get over <laughs> what happened in this season and stare at the seed catalogs for a few weeks or months and then we get inspired uh-huh. again and we're like oh we'll try it yeah. again <laughs> but you gotta also found that from year to year things can be excellent one year but a complete failure the next so yep I think that's where we need that little bit of break in this season to get us to jump right, right in yeah. again in the yeah. next <laughs> so you mentioned that you're kind of there in the city so I don't know if you're part of an HOA but I'm curious just a little bit about just the rules of where you're living and what you can do and what you can't do and how you've navigated that because you talked about the water situation maybe dive a little bit deeper into how you do all that Um, I'm on a major route it's just a two-lane road but there's a stoplight right in front of our house we have no HOA but being a city there's certain zoning so this is zoned for residential such a half of the two fire properties I had to go for the zoning board that they wanted specifics on when I would be having events and again this was initiated in 2021 when COVID was still pretty tight but because we're at a light the concern for safety understandably so where would people park how would how would this affect traffic and how many people do expect on your property at the time. I had to come up with for the city, draw out where on the property I'm going to be growing flowers, what kind of the crop projected for that, same thing with turns. They want to know how much you're going to the house of the garage or the flower farm, and then what hours are you open to the city. So I had given them some loose time. You know, not that it had to be on those days, but on Tuesday and Thursday and then Saturday morning. And then for the bouquet bar, I had said I would use kind of genius so that people could come at a time and not that there would be too many cars in the driveway causing attack to the, the flow of traffic. The light out front goes to flashing at 7 p.m. So that in and of itself typically causes a risk for accident. And we're well aware of that. We've had cars through our stone wall out front. The people that come, if they express that they're coming or they park on the property, I pretty much just tell them to park on the lawn. So it hasn't been terrible. Like the whole idea of going before the, the zoning board was a little bit stressful and leaving for Ned Nash. You know, that didn't make me really excited. In the end, it's not like I'm putting a Taco Bell on the street corner, which was the other conversation that was going on that evening. <laughs> and they had to send the letters out to anybody about you know, 100 feet up and down street. Um, and that went fine. It just is a process. And were the bouquet bars successful? And is it something that you're looking to, forward to doing this year and maybe next year? Yeah, so I, I loved it because I love people. And again, like you said, like you can say to them, you can bunch with stuff by the, the type I met some new people yeah. in the area. It was a lot of fun. And I do hope to do those again this year. I did a, a little bit of a tulip one in yeah. the spring because mm-hmm. I had so many tulips. That was definitely enjoyable. I have a, a porch on the side of the house that we have, like the parenthood, you know, when parenthood used to be on years ago. Like the lights, you know, like the, the patio yeah. lights that wrap around in that summer that I did it. Yeah. Like people thought I was going to be serving liquor. I was like, no, no. Like this was, it was hot. So on those nights I had like a lemonade out. Actually, I had a couple of 
friends that way. So that was a lot of fun and totally enjoyable. So I hope to be able to do that. Each week I think, okay, Thursday's the night I'm going to be able to do it. And then I'm like, no, it's too hot. It's raining. And, you know, I have another obligation. Prioritizing it more so. And I think that come the fall, people are more hungry for that type of stuff because they're around more. And as I was listening to another podcast today, this window of time in the hot summer, the florist is slow. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, the growing might be a little bit mm-hmm. off or whatever. So people are more hungry, I think, for, for the fall colored. They're home more. They can enjoy the That's when I ran it last year and it was a lot of fun. I mean, two years ago. So I think I'm not in a big rush to do it again. I think it's great to try all these different avenues to not only get your flowers out there, but to create connections with your community and build customers and see what works for you and what doesn't work for you. The one thing I guess I'd be curious about is oftentimes growing at our homes where our family lives, our kids live. So have you had any concerns about protecting that safe space versus still building your business? And then also what kind of insurance do you have just from a general perspective? Because I think that varies too and just trying to figure out what kind of insurance do I get is often a question that folks have. So I'd just be curious about your experience with those. Privacy of the kids. My kids are a little bit older, maybe, and that is perhaps fault, like a false sense of security. I never have felt like intrusive, like people are intrusive on the property. Because for years, even before this, at the stoplight, I would be outside weeding and people would say things like, oh, it's so great, or flowers are so pretty, or, you know, so the stoplight is smashed in our front yard. So there's always been an opportunity to talk to random people about the property, and we've been doing that for the last 10 years. So um, over the course of time, there are people that are just can't help themselves but say something out and be kind about that. I mean, I know that people that have a very strong presence in the community probably have more random people stopping by. You know, people have asked me, like, well, when, is you, when are you open? I'm like, oh, you're not open. Thank you for that excitement, property or the business or whatever. So you, if you'd like a bouquet, you'd like flowers, please just reach out to me on my phone call or on social media, and we can go from there. Because, you know, I, last year I had somebody putting vases on my front step, and I had somebody leave a vase on the stone wall. But people, like, are nice. Like, that's nice. So I haven't had the negative as far as insurance goes, it's through our homeowners, and it probably is limited. You know, I don't have it for, like, if I were to do workshops here or if I were to do other things. They wanted to know how often people would be on property, and I said it was essentially just for the pickup component. And when we had a renewal in the spring, they wanted to know if any of the space had changed or increased or if we're still using the same designated spot in the structure. You know, if I built more structure on the property, the home, and uh, where, how much square feet is still. So that seems to be the basics of what they they want you know again because we're not a right to farm community three miles down the road I could do anything I want I could have helped you sell eggs and vegetables and, and not go to the city and not worry about water so being here in this, a small earth city you know but it has all the ordinances that are that go along with it it's always interesting to hear people's stories of how they've set up their business and all the ins and outs of it so I just appreciate your experience with it because I know through it myself and we live in a community where wildfires are a consistent theme every year now and so we're seeing many insurance companies drop 
entire lines of business. And so I've had to go through that experience myself and it's been challenging. So interesting to hear everybody's perspective because it can be a little different based on where you're actually at. This has been such a great conversation, Carrie. I feel like there's so many little rabbit holes that we can go down from not only just working a day job to having kids and managing it all with the kids and juggling the flowers and all the things. And so we may have to do a take two of this, but I want to honor your time. And I've got to ask you the hardest question of all. So what is your favorite flower? And have there been those that you have decided to fire? I think I'd have to break the favorite flowers down to seasons. You know, in the spring, there's nothing like a tulip and ranunculus. And this year, I fell more, even harder for anemones. The the blues and the reds. There's not a bad flower, really, except the one that is disease-infested or pest-infested, right? And in the summer, I'm excited for lisianthus. I buy slugs from a, a farmer down by University of Rhode Island. I think in the summer, lisianthus, even just fragrant stuff is amazing, like the chocolate mint and the lemon. I mean, everything has such an appeal and positive component to what you're creating with or sharing or whatever. How come I can't grow sunflowers? The first year I had sunflowers, that's like one of my favorite pictures is of a sunflower in front of my house. And the sunflower is the focal in, you know, the portrait mode, right? And the house baby is in the back. I'll try one more year, right? Because you should. And I kept thinking, like, zinnias. How come zinnias weren't working for me last year? I had a, a bunch that I put in in the white, depending. Bunnies, love them. So this year they're in the fence. And we have pressure here with bunnies. I think we have deer. We have the grandpas. have gold. We have a golden retriever who's not much of a presence. We have no cats because we're on this busy road. And I wouldn't want to bring a cat just to... I would not set the cat up for success, but I would love a cat just to take care of what's going back yet because it's insane. And that's like heavy everywhere. It's extra heavy. Everybody around here is talking about how it's even worse this year than it's ever. So yes, I, I think the firing is harder to do. It is. And I can totally relate to the golden tree rare <laughs> comment because my Bob, he likes to tree birds and oh! sit there and bark at them versus actually chasing the deer away. So I can relate oh. to that since I know voles are a major problem that I have as well. And the moles oh. this year, and I'm too much of an animal lover and I know people roll their eyes at me and I have cats, so I don't want to put any poison mm. out there. And so I just get mad <laughs> and try to buy those sensor things that probably don't work those dang moles like what they do is i think they also eat the roots and then they just push all my beautiful seedlings up and i just so frustrating i'm curious have you especially with your tulips do you grow them in crates to help combat it or how are you growing your tulips or just what are you doing to try to combat those Dang bowls. Yeah, so last year was the first or groundhogs. Yeah, last year was the first year that I saw evidence of such critter in there. And I should have known because all Pearl wanted to do, all the dog wanted to do was stick her nose in a bed of flowers. And I'm like, there's nothing in there. Oh no, things are in there. So last year I had just done it Jenny Love style with the, the plants on the side and the soft filled the beds from the summer plantings and then I dumped compost off seven yards of compost. I was in fine shape for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I kind of lost it as the winter progressed. And then I did have a ton of bulb crates. I didn't have a lot of luck with the tulips in the bulb crates. And perhaps it was the position I had an area where I had them out all winter with just some plastic fencing on the top to keep the deer and the rabbits from digging in. Come the spring when things started to poke up, they were getting at it. So my husband and I put a temporary fence around 
um, just into that area. And that seemed to help some. And then I moved a bunch of crates for the, for the better fed bot. This is the second year I've tried the crates for the tulips. And maybe I'm not watering them enough, or maybe they're not deep enough, or something's going on that they're not nearly as beautiful and successful. You know, they say you have to rotate mm-hmm. the tulips every, what, yeah. seven years? So how do you work that rotation in your space? Aren't you kind of limited in where you can put them? Fairly limited. Last year I had 2,000 and I had the majority of them in the area where I put the ranunculus here. So I'm kind of just trying to follow the ranunculus to the tulips and I have them so that I can have like a four to five foot row and get access to both sides. So I'll just keep moving down that area. And then this year I put four raised beds in the front yard. So that'll be like in two years out, I'll be able to put a bunch up there. And it'll be pretty because then people on the street will see it. I am hoping to do some hellebore stuff. I have purchased plants along the way from different farms and then I have to get seeds come. So we'll try that because again, the perennial, the, the plant beds, the hydrangeas, the, the certain things that I try and fluff with year to year growth will be helpful. Even for the summer when, when I don't want to do a lot of gardening. Two have been investing a lot more in perennials because I hit a season usually once the, the rain stops here where I just can't do any more soil blocking or starting seeds and so I switched to direct seeding I'm a one woman show and I can't keep up with it so and you learn this along the way of like what's going to work for you in your life versus what's not and on that note as we wrap up is there any advice that you'd like to share with folks or is there anybody that's inspired you in your journey I what I wish I could tell myself every day (laughs) not you know in year one year two and now in year three is just do it like there is no penalty for trying the penalty comes when you don't do it you know analysis by paralysis all the the words that the phrases that people use in industry or in in all the learning places that we have access to in this you know this time of our lives you can listen to everybody who has the expert view be a member of various member only groups just get out there and do it and there's so much joy in sharing whether you're selling giving gifting however you get the flower to come to be you will smile and never regret the start of it you the only regret you'll have is that you did i enjoy listening to lots of different podcasts and learning from people across the, the business. Jenny loved to be on her farm last summer. She's got it going on. I'm not as passionate or geeky about the soil and all the inputs. She's motivating to see what she's doing on her property in a no-till. I think that's part of the joy of being a flower farmer is just seeing what everybody's doing. Opening your eyes and your heart and your wonder and awe about what's going on around the nation as we try and bring some of this back to the gate. We have a number of local farmers here, you know, um, Five Fork Farm Grace. She was at the ASCFD last year and her farm tour was um, a, a hot ticket item. She's about 25-30 minutes up the road. So I love going to her farm. I love her dad. I mean, she doesn't know who I am. But like, I just love the experience of being on other farms too. That's really exciting. I don't know. I think it's pretty magical. All of it. What you're doing and what I think farmers across the country are doing. I love what you said there. Just trying to bring local flowers back. What is the statistic? It's 80% of flowers are imported in a time in which we used to grow most of our flowers here in the U.S. And so I think there's a place for all of us. Like you said, you've got Five Forks to the north of you, which is a big phenomenal farm but there's still you who is smaller but you can still serve your community so we all can get local flowers out there on the dinner table and amongst the conversation so that hopefully we can bring the uh, local flower statistic up some more and just a local dollar spent in your community 
stays in your community. So I just love what you shared. And Carrie, this has been so great. I just appreciate your time and sharing your experience. How can folks find you for inspiration? Or if they're local, how can they connect with you to purchase your blues? I'm in Attleboro, Massachusetts. I probably don't have a strong social presence as I ought to, but uh, if I could employ the teenagers to do the reels, then I think I would be happening. Thank you so much oh, for being you. on the podcast, and we just appreciate thank you. Her. I just want to say thank you to Carrie again for sharing her experience on the podcast. It was so great to just be able to relate to not only juggling motherhood and finding the balance of growing your business and the timing of it all with your life to just dealing with the pests like deer and squirrels and voles. So I hope that you've enjoyed this conversation and thank you again to Carrie. Take care, my friends. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for joining in to the conversation. And together, all boats will rise and local flowers will be blooming fabulous in all of our communities. So if you are a fellow flower farmer that want to join in on the conversation, please reach out to us to get you scheduled for a podcast episode. And if you're just listening in and enjoy the podcast, please share with your friends, your family, and everybody you know. We really appreciate it. Thank you.